Oh God, it is your love. Love divine that gives us existence. It is your love that gives us persistence. But oh God, we are up against a resistance unlike anything we have ever seen. Ever. Now this is very touchy, Father. Just cut through the clutter so that we hear only your voice, and that includes me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The problem is we have a problem that some people think isn't a problem, which is the problem. Let me show you a magazine cover. This is the back cover, okay? I'll put it up here. This is the back cover of a Departures magazine published exclusively for American Express Platinum Card members. This came from a friend of mine. And those of you in the uh, orchestra, you can just look up maybe on the screen. You can see it. They'll pull the camera in. Okay, so it's just a back, it's, it's just a back cover ad. You can see it. It's a, a chic young woman. She's uh, uh, suggestively clad. She has some binoculars in her hand suggesting that she's looking away from whatever room she's in to a, to a, a high-rise across the way. There is a chic-looking young man as well, well-dressed, suave. This is, this is an ad for the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Las Vegas. There's, 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 no, there's no writing on this except up in the corner up here. And what does the writing say? Can you see it where you are? Just the right amount of wrong. Amazing, isn't it? Just the right amount of wrong. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to pick up what's the, what's the subplot to this line, and that is, look it, come to Las Vegas. You're not going to be excessive. Just the right amount of wrong. Wow. You know the thing about uh, sugar and sex? is that not only do they both start with the same letter, but they are both, they are both addictive. Enjoyably, by the way, addictive. Just the right amount of wrong. I wonder how much that would be. Welcome to this short session Entitled, we'll put it on the screen for you, the title of this session, A DIY Guide, A Do-It-Yourself Guide to Better Sexual Health, Taming Your Tiger. Let's start with the tiger, and then we'll get to the, we'll get to the taming. There's a website called Fight the New Drug, and at that website, I came across these stunning statistics about pornography. And I want to run them by you. The, the opening to the stats is this paragraph on the screen. And by the way, don't worry about a study guide because you, you have all of this in a study guide. You don't even have to take any notes. But here's that opening paragraph. It's no secret that porn has become mainstream entertainment in our society. From popular porn sites putting up billboards in New York City's Times Square to sites like BuzzFeed normalizing porn with viral videos, it feels like porn has taken over. Porn is plastered on social media sites like Instagram. And it's too easy to see on Twitter considering the Twitterverse is home to an estimated 10 plus million porn accounts. End quote. Then from the National Center on Sexual Exploitation come these 13 factoids. I'm going to run them by you, okay? Put three of them on the screen because they're that significant. Here they are. 
Number one, 64% of young people ages 13 to 24, that would be the Gen Z uh, generation. 64% of them actively seek out pornography weekly or more often. Hmm. Here's factoid number two. A study of 14 to 19-year-olds found that females, this is not just a male addiction. Females are addicted as well. It's not just a young addiction. The old are addicted as well. Come on, it's, it's, it's an equal opportunity uh, addiction. A study of 14 to 19-year-olds found that females who consumed pornographic videos were at a significantly greater likelihood of being victims of sexual harassment or sexual assault. A Swedish study of 18-year-old males found that frequent consumers of pornography were significantly more likely to have sold and bought sex than other boys of the same age. Factoid number four, a 2015 meta-analysis of 22 studies from seven countries found that internationally the consumption of pornography was significantly associated with increases in verbal and physical aggression among males and females alike. Go figure. Factoid number five, porn sites receive more regular traffic than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined each month. Here's number six, 35% of all internet downloads are porn-related. Here comes number seven. The teen porn category has topped porn site searches for the last six years in a row. Here's number eight. This is so significant. I'll pop it up on the screen for you. At least 30% of all data transferred across the internet is porn related. Emails, searches, everything. 30% of it. One third of it. Porn. Here comes number nine. Recorded child sexual exploitation. Now, let me, let me hit the pause button right there. Recorded child exploitation means that the child is on the other side of the camera and the child is being physic- sexually assaulted on camera, okay? Recorded child sex- sexual exploitation known as child porn is, is one of the fastest growing online businesses. Factoid 10, 624,000 plus child porn traders have been discovered online in the U.S. alone. Guess what? You're not surprised at this. Number 11, porn is a global est- estimated $97 billion a year industry with about $12 billion of that coming from the U.S. of A., Now, the last two numbers are so unbelievable, I'm going to run them by you. Here comes number 12. In 2018 alone, more than 5,517,000 hours of porn were consumed on the world's single largest porn site. So there are thousands of other sites, but it's just this one site. And finally, number 13. The world's largest free porn site also received over 33,500,000,000 site visits during 2018 alone. Do you know what the population of the human race is? It's 7 billion. Divide 7 billion into 33.5. Almost five visits for every man, woman, and child alive on this planet today. Five visits each to view porn. How did that ad go? How did that ad go? Just the right amount of wrong. <laughs> 33.5 billion visits to the world's largest free porn site. Is that just the right amount of wrong? Who decides these numbers? Look, when it comes to sex, seriously, how much is the right amount? You help me out. How much is the right amount when it comes to sex? I think of the young Gen Zer. Well, he wasn't a Gen Zer, but he's within the age of Gen Zers. Somewhere I'm figuring between 18 and 27 years of age, 
He was a slave. And his master's wife came to him, offering him freedom in exchange for just a little sex. Just the right amount of wrong. Boy, and you're free. You know what he did? He fled. Joseph fled. I think of a Gen Xer. Because that's what he'd be if he were alive today. I think of this Gen Xer who had everything he wanted. He had money, he had power, he had fame. But when he happened to spot a woman bathing in the nude, and I don't think it was on the internet either. When he sees her, he goes into a crash and burn moral fall that is still being felt today. You know the difference between those two boys? Joseph fled, but David fed. And for the rest of their lives, they were tagged with that difference. Wow. Just the right amount of wrong. Joseph fled. David fed. And that's how pornography becomes the killer addiction that it is today. You say, it hasn't killed me. I'm still here. (laughs) Yeah, you are. But it's not over until it's over. The problem is, we have a problem that some people don't think is a problem, which is the problem. Most Gen Z porn addicts thought it was only a pleasurable form of entertainment. No kidding, I saw this. So I go, so, so this site shows uh, Twitter tweets, okay? They, they fuzz out the face. You can tell the gender. They fuzz out the name. So there's no identity being shared. And I'm listening to these tweeters extolling their love, their love for porn. I'm not saying you got, you can't be serious. But then, why are we surprised? Video games are replete with sexually alluring female characters. Nice to see one of those pop up at about two in the morning. And virtual reality means that you can do it without doing it. What a world. Only to learn too late. The woeful effects of that addiction. A writer named Denny Burke, boy, did he hit the nail on the head. Put the words on the screen. I hope you... And by the way, you have all this in the, in, in the study guide. Uh, I'm, I'm quoting him now. A growing number of young men are convinced that their sexual responses have been sabotaged because their brains were virtually marinated in porn when they were adolescents. Their generation has c- consumed explicit content in quantities and varieties never before possible on devices designed to deliver content swiftly and privately, all at an age when their brains were more plastic, more prone to permanent change than in later life, end quote. You know what nobody's talking about around here? Everybody talks about, well, Gen Z and, and, and mental health, but nobody's talking about the linkage, be- linkage between pornography usage and mental health. And guess what? There's a linkage. You go to the website sometime, nsexualexploitation, one word, dot org. You'll see it above these quotes coming now. Speaking of children and adolescents, because that's what we're dealing with now. It's down to the kids. One study, nine years old. Addiction. Okay, on the screen, a study of sexually reactive children and adolescents. They have a psychological term for them, SRCA. A study of these kids found that those who had used pornography compared to those who did not use pornography were more likely to engage in a prominent pattern of lying, 
A persistent pattern of theft and stealing. They were more likely to be truant, which means skip school. They were more likely to frequently con or manipulate others. They were more likely to engage in arson, fire-setting behaviors. And then you see the dot, dot, dot. That's called an ellipsis. You know why it's there? Because the sexual uh, behavior is so deviant that I said, I'm not even putting that on the screen for us. Children and adolescents. Even our children. You know what? I don't suppose this is rocket science to jump to the conclusion that there is somebody in this universe seeking to destroy the human race. One child, one boy, one girl, one teen, one young adult, one adult, one aged adult, one man, one woman at a time. One at a time. And we sit here as if nothing's happening. This is entertainment, buddy. This is how I get my kicks. Are you serious? And by the way, mom and dad, I'm sorry to, to, to tell you, you may have the fastest internet speed in your neighborhood, but do you have any idea what your children are using it for? Parents are waking up today and saying, my Lord, I never knew. Too late. Speaking of mental health, loneliness is endemic with this generation. Guess why? On the screen. The results of a study revealed that the association between loneliness and viewing pornography was positive and significant. In other words, when loneliness goes up, pornography goes up. When pornography goes down, loneliness goes down. They're, they're, They're positive, correlated. Survey data of 1,247 participants seeking help for pornography use revealed that those who viewed pornography were more likely to experience loneliness and that those who experienced loneliness were more likely to view pornography. Does that sound like a vicious trap to you? It just, shh, shh, shh. Either way you go, he wins. Oh, by the way, a 2014 study of the brain scans of 64 pornography users found that increased pornography use is linked to decreased brain matter in the areas of the brain associated with motivation and decision-making and contributed to impaired impulse control and desensitization to sexual reward. Here's the brain on, here's the brain on pornography. Just... Gone. Gone. I thought this was entertainment. This is just an innocent video game, please. Just a download. I get rid of it. It's no wonder researchers in observing college students, 792 of them in this study, found that higher pornography use is associated with less self-worth and more depressive symptoms, which is the very heart of mental health. Wow. Here's one more. A 2015 study from Cambridge University found that compulsive sexual behavior is characterized by the need for more extreme content over time in order to achieve the same level of arousal. Please put the sentence on the screen for us. Mental health is under bombardment thanks to pornography. My Lord. Let me repeat what I just stated. Somebody is seeking to destroy the human race. One child at a time. And I am absolutely convinced. I tell you the truth. I am convinced that this has become pornography. His numero uno weapon to take the human race down. And 
And that's why this little pastor can't ignore sex. I got a, an anonymous note turned in this last week in the, on a Connect card. That's the nice thing about Connect cards. You can send the notes in anonymously, and I still get them. And this note said, uh, this note said uh, uh, referring to the fact that we were having today's sermon on sexual health, this note said, I tell you what, this makes inviting new people to church awkward and impossible, not even a little bit, meaning, oh, this is very awkward, and I can never bring my friends to church now. Okay? I hate to tell you, but your friends are immersed in this culture. The last line of this, why the obsession with sex in the pulpit this season? Obsession with sex? Do you guys ever think about sex? Don't move your head. The cameras are here. Don't move your head. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, guys, come on. I'm just a little pastor, but I cannot stand by and watch an entire generation taken out. I just can't. I just can't. So I speak about sex. And guess what? So did Jesus. You open your Bible to Luke chapter 5. All the people that were there for this moment, that when they witnessed this moment, they would never be the same again the rest of their lives. And they remembered it until their final breath on earth. I promise you. Luke chapter 5. I'm in the New International Version. Drop down to verse 17. One day Jesus was teaching in the, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from all over Judea and Jerusalem. And the power, I love this, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Isn't that beautiful? The power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. There are some of you here today, and I say this with, 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 with a heart that cares for you. There are some of you today who are sexually sick. You know it. You know it. But I have good news for you. Come on. Don't bail out now. The power of the Lord is with Jesus to heal the sick. You came the right day, buddy, girl, elder, sir. You came the right day. There's good news for you. You're about to see it happen in front of your eyes. This is unbelievable. Come on, let's go. Verse 18. So some men came carrying a paralyzed man. Now, the Gospel of John says he has four buddies, and they're each taking a a corner of this mat. So this mat is kind of dipping down, and they have their shriveled friend who now is paralyzed. And when you're paralyzed and your muscles are not being activated, you shrivel. So this friend is shriveled, and they come. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. Now, hit the pause button right there. Do you know why this man is paralyzed? A powerful book called Desire of Ages just draws the veil aside. Let me just run a few lines about this man on the screen for you. This paralytic had lost all hope of recovery. His disease was the result of a life of sin. Whatever this sin is, it has caused his disease. Keep reading. His hope fell when he remembered how the disease had been brought Upon him. He knows whatever he was doing, that's what has caused this physical debilitation. Keep reading. Yet it was not physical restoration he desired so much as relief from the burden of sin. End quote. Now, what do we know? What we know is that specific actions this man had taken in his past, this young man, had resulted in this disease. 
Number two, we also know that these past acts, we know that he knows that his past actions were sinful. Hence, this consuming guilt. The, the, the power of an addiction is the guilt it creates. That's what kills you. It's the guilt. This consuming guilt that he is long born. This man has an STD, a sin-transmitted disease that we can pretty, pretty clearly conclude it was a sexually transmitted disease. Repeat behavior, repeat behavior. He wasn't robbing banks. Something he did took him down. He was desperate to be healed. Some of you would give anything in the world for your addiction to be broken right now. Well, right now is the right time. You watch what Jesus is going to do for you. You've tried to set yourself free for months. You vowed you would never return to your heaven. You would never return to your addiction. But as the research has shown, your addiction is like a dark warlord that hovers over you, clamoring for more debased, more deadly porn for the sake of greater sexual high. And if you are as helpless and as hopeless as this paralytic, good news. By the way, for him, if Jesus doesn't work, it's over. He knows it. Verse 19. So when they could not find a way to do this, to get this man to Jesus, because, because of the crowd, the Mark, Mark says the house is absolutely jammed, like a can of sardines. It's just packed to the gills inside, and outside, it's, it's also spilling into the outer yard. So there's no, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Hey, we, we, we need to see Jesus. Excuse me. Nobody's listening. They're all galvanized, focused on the teacher, the young teacher, healer inside. And Desire of Ages tells us it was a paralytic's idea. He said, hey, guys, the roof, the roof. There were flat homes back then, and you get to the top of, because in the, in the summer, you need the cool breezes. So they go up to the roof. Yeah, and there are tiles on the roof. The tiles are made of dried mud filled with, uh, with uh, thatch and sticks and stuff like that. So they say, okay, guys, let's go. One, two, three, come on. They put him down, and they begin to rip. They begin to rip those tiles out. I would like to have been inside that space when a hand goes, and the whole place goes, and Jesus, there's no attention now for him. Everybody's looking up as that hole gets bigger. What is going on? Honey, are you watching this? What? What? Bigger, bigger. Then a beam of sunlight blinding everybody. And then the dust that comes when you, when you break mud, dry mud over your eyes, and everybody's rapid eye moving now. Just a, and then there's a shadow in that sunlight, and something's, in, something's coming down. What, what is coming down is not on an electric winch. It's four guys with their buddy. It's shaped like a V. He's caught in that, in that crack, and it comes down. Right in front of Jesus. And this desperate man turns his head and he's looking straight into the eyes of this stranger. There's something warm in those eyes. <laughs> there, there is something deeply compassionate and gentle and strong. And as he looks into those eyes, it's almost as if the eyes are saying, I know why you're here. I know why you're here. And you came to the right place. They lower him. 
That's what happens here in verse 19. They went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. And when Jesus, verse 20, oh, I love this. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Wow. Friend, your sexual sins, your sexual past, do you know that you are now forgiven? Oh, come on, Jesus. You need to at least grill the guy. Find out what was it that he was doing. What was he doing that caused this? You don't just say you're forgiven. Ask him questions. That's what the Pharisees did. They've already written this guy off as a wretch. There's no room for you in the church. But in Jesus' church, there's plenty of room for you. Plenty of room for you. Friend, your sins are forgiven. Not a word about his past. What is there about Jesus with sexual sin? I mean, isn't he incredible? He's teaching one day, one early morning in the temple, and the board of elders comes and dumps a woman at his feet, and they announce with a loud voice of the whole crowd here, by the way, we just caught this woman in bed with a man who is not her husband. And the law of Moses says stone, what do you say? Not a word. Hey, girl, what were you, what were you thinking of when you were doing this? Did you understand the consequences? Not a word. You know what he says? I put it on the screen. Because he's saying these same words to the paralytic. Neither do I condemn you. Now go and leave your life of sin behind. That's what he says. You came to the right place, buddy. You came to the right place. Friend. Your sins are forgiven. They're gone. Ah. I would have loved to have seen the paralytic's face when that dawned on him. He didn't come for healing. He only came for forgiveness. He was willing to die, but he needed to know that the God of the universe loves him and would forgive him. And he got it. Friend, your sins are forgiven. Oh, Desire Bay just captures this moment. On the screen, in simple faith, the paralytic accepted the words of Jesus, accepted the words of Jesus that fell like music on his ear, as it says in the previous sentence. He accepted the word as the boon, as the assurance, as the promise of new life. I just gave it to you. You have new life. Keep reading. He urged no further request, but he lay in blissful silence, looking into that face that just forgave him. Too happy for words. The light of heaven irradiated his countenance and the people looked with awe upon the scene. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Before our very eyes, right now, a sexual sinner got healed. And we were watching it. That's how simple it is. You don't have to go somewhere. You don't have to meet somebody. You don't have to do something. You need healing? Tell me. I read your heart. I read your heart. Tell me in your heart you want healing. I read it. Friend, you're forgiven. My. My. Is there a sexual sinner here who needs to hear that voice? Is there an addicted sinner here who needs to hear that voice? Oh, yes, we do. We need to hear that. Last line, desire of ages. Oh, wondrous love of Christ. Stooping to heal the guilty and the afflicted. Divinity sorrowing over and soothing the ills of suffering humanity. Oh, marvelous power thus displayed to the children of men and women. Who, who can doubt the message of salvation? Who can slight the mercies of a compassionate redeemer? What do you need to bring to Jesus today? I got great news. To, great news. You don't have to bring a thing to him. 
You just bring to him your desperate need. That's all he needs. He needs to know that you need him. That's all he asks. There's no quid pro quo. Against you, you only, oh God, have I sinned. That's David, heartbroken after he crashed and burned. Purge me with hyssop and I'll be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Create a clean heart in me, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's David. Even after you fed, you can pray. And that prayer brings the salvation of the King of Kings to your doorstep. Wow. Is that good news or what? Huh? No, I'm serious. Is it good news? Yeah. Take out your connect card, please. It's right there attached. Pastor Ben just talked about it a moment ago. It's right here. The front of the card, we, uh, the guests, we're always glad to have you. You put in as much information you'd like on the front. But go to the back of the card. My next step today is three little boxes. Three little boxes. Box number one, I joyfully accept the cleansing forgiveness Jesus offers for all sexual sin and sinners. Yeah, me too. I'll put a check mark there. You and me. We'll do that. All right. Box number two, I would like a DIY, do-it-yourself guide to overcoming pornographic addiction. Put a check mark there if you would like that. Now, I have good news for you. As soon as you put the check mark there, I want you to look right above the the perforated line. It's right here. Nobody's going to mail it to you. Nobody's going to ask your name. Nobody's going to call you up. You're going to have it right here. You see it right there? Let's fill it in. Then you take it home. You now have a DIY guide to how to overcome pornographic addiction. There are five steps, maybe six. We'll see. Five steps for sure. Here we go. Step number one. Jot it down, please. Admit your problem. Just write the word in problem. That's it. Admit your problem. Listen, until you face it yourself. What did Paul say in Romans 7? Oh, what I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, I just keep doing. I have a problem. Oh, wretched man, who will deliver me from this body of death? You have a problem. Just admit it. It's okay. Be honest. Healing for, for uh, porn addicts will never come without the admission of the problem. So number one, admit it to yourself. Number two, admit it to God. Say, God, I can't do it. I, I've, I've tried a thousand times. I can't do it. That's step number one. Step number two, confess your sin. Oh, this one's good. Confess your sin. First of all, confess your sin to Jesus. Oh, I love these words. Please put them up. First John chapter one, verses seven and nine. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Do you know what? When Jesus died on Calvary, he, he earned the right to wipe clean Every sin ever committed by the human race in the history of the world. And your little sins and my little sins were included in that wipe clean. Put, put, put that back up, please. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Now go on to verse 9. If we confess our sins, let's read this out loud together. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. Yeah. Isn't that something? Confess it to Jesus. Oh, this next one is a little more awkward. But the research is in when it comes to pornographic addiction. You've got to tell somebody. You cannot keep it secret. You are dying because you're keeping it secret. You have to talk 
to somebody. Not unusual. James chapter 5. Look at this. James chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Tell somebody. It's, it's got to be somebody you trust. Of course it is. It could be a roommate. It can be, it can be a, 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 an associate on the job. It can be somebody. It could be a pastor. It can be a teacher. It can be somebody. It can be your RA. It can be somebody you, t- you trust who believes and understands confidentiality. But you have to go on record acknowledging it because you won't change otherwise. You've played this game too long. Confess your sins to Jesus. Confess them to somebody else. Okay, here. Oh, by the way, you see the double asterisk right, asterisk right there? Drop down and you'll see Adventist Recovery Ministries, the journey to wholeness. We have gone on almost every night of the week help groups, 12-step groups, Sexual addiction groups all over this, this little village and campus. If you're interested in having a group that will love you because everybody's struggling in the group and you can ex- be accepted, you see a phone number there? It's at the Lake Union Conference office. You just call that number. There'll be a friendly secretary who will answer that phone and you'll probably put you in touch with Harleen Smith. She's director of this, of, of Adventist Recovery Ministries. Come on. Go go to counseling and testing. Go to somebody. Confess to somebody and get the help you're seeking. Okay, there there are five steps for sure. Here comes step number three. Surrender your will and your body. That's easy. Surrender your will and your body. What? Don't you know? Paul says, you don't know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God in your body. The body belongs to God. So, God, I'm giving you back my body. Oh, God, I also want to give you my will. Choose you this day whom you will serve, Joshua says. You got to choose. But my will has been so screwed up. God, I give my will to you. Receive this as my choice to receive your help. That's all it takes. All right, step number four, worship your Savior. You've got to begin worshiping Jesus. This same Jesus who calls you friend would love to connect with you every day. There are a couple of verses to tell you about praying, all through the, praying three times a day. There's a verse about going through the Word. Number five, consecrate your life. Consecrate your life. Jesus says, if anyone wants to come after me, let her deny herself. Let him deny himself. Take up the cross. Come on, follow me. Boy, come on, girl, follow me. Stay with me now. I'm, I have something for you. I'm leading you now. Obey me. Follow me. Now, those are the five steps, but there's one more step I'm in, feeling like we need to include. Number six, maybe. Turn in your device. Oh, Dwight, you can't be serious. Well, I'm telling you what. You know what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount? It is really gutsy. This is a radical teaching. In Matthew chapter 5, he says, listen, if your eye is bothering you, you got a problem with the eye, pluck it out. Your right eye. He says, by the way, if you're having a problem with your right hand, cut it off. Now, he's not talking about self-mutilation. He's just saying you've got to take radical action. You've got to cut some stuff out. Now, there's, a, there's an app you can get for iOS called Xbox. Xblock. Sorry, Xblock. Yeah, some of you know Xbox by heart. <laughs> I heard that little Twitter going on. Okay, Xblock, Xblock, $29.99. I had known nothing about it except you now have a device, that, an app that will monitor your iOS. There's probably something equivalent in Android. That way nothing pornographic is allowed in because of that app. You're taking your phone into control. That's what you're doing. If you could give your phone to somebody, if you could just buy a little phone that doesn't have any ability to bring in uh, internet, 
He said, Dwight, that's just impossible. So here's what we're going to do. I didn't do this before, but I want to do it right now. In the moment we have now, if you have a phone that you need to have God bless, God touch it. God seal it. God protect it. I'm going to invite you to come up out of your pew where you're sitting right now and come to this front. I want you to put your phone right here on a stair. And I want to have a prayer with you. I'm serious. If you have a phone that you'd like to dedicate fully to God from this day forth, nobody's going to take that phone away from you. It's going to be right here. You're in the orchestra behind me. You're sitting in the front in the balcony. You're watching online and you can't do this. You just take your phone out and you put it down and you say, Jesus, I'm giving this to you. I need you to seal it and protect me. Amen. This physical action will tell your heart that you're serious about what your feet and hands are about to do. So I'm going to invite you right now. Come on. We're not going to sing a song. We're not going to sing some, some, some altar call. This is not. But if you have a phone and you want to put that phone before God and say, God, I give this to you, then come forward. Just come forward. You're up in the back end of the balcony where a lot of our teens sit. Come on. Bring that phone down. Bring that phone down. Stay right here because I don't want to have to figure out who these belong to. <laughs> Stay right there. Keep your eye on it. There's no little hole that's going to open up and we just suck all those in. But just do this. Just do this for yourself. Put it right there. Yeah, bless you. Hey, you're not doing this for me. You're not joining a church by doing this. You're telling Jesus, I need, you to, I need you to own this thing. I need you to control this thing. I need you to do what I can't do on my own. Please, just do it, Jesus. Jesus is saying, you go, girl. You go, boy. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can handle this. That's beautiful. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the technology, folks. God invented it. It's what the technology... It's what the enemy has done in co-opting the technology. That's what he's done. He's co-opted it. And he says, this is mine now, and I use it for me. But you're saying, no, it's not yours, Satan. This is mine, and I've given it to Jesus, and he's putting his blessing on this. And anything in here, he's going to give me the courage to cut loose. Anything in here, Jesus will take it. Is there anybody else? There's no magic. This is giving you a chance to say something to your mind that you've wanted to say but haven't been able to say. And how about everybody else sitting in this space right now? Would you like to say with these who have come forward, you know what? I want to consecrate my laptop. I want to consecrate my TV. I want to consecrate my phone. I want to consecrate my mind and my body to the Lord Jesus who bought me with his blood. If you stand up, you're saying, I'm, consecrate, I'm consecrating all that to you, Jesus. I'm giving it all to you. You bought me. You own me. And I am yours, King Jesus. And one day I'm going to see you face to face and I'm going to 
bow at your feet and say, you set me free. You set me free. And I'll never go back to that taskmaster. That dark warlord, I will never go back by your grace. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, God. Oh, God. Here they are. Here we are. We're all here. We got, we got phones in our hip pocket right now. But we're here. Because we saw Jesus heal a man who was helpless and hopeless. And some of us are helpless and hopeless right now, dear God. Please, heal me. Heal me. Call me friend. Tell me you love me. Tell me you'll never leave me. After all I've done, tell me. You're washing it away. You're turning it as white as snow. It's no longer there between you and me. Tell me, Jesus, that when you say, friend, your sins are forgiven, you mean forgiven, gone. Oh, Jesus, I don't want to go back. These six steps, Jesus, give me the courage to follow them. This isn't going to happen overnight. This is going to be a a full-on battle. But Jesus, you have defeated the enemy. And we may defeat that same dragon by the blood of the Lamb. And so I choose to join these soldiers who have determined that by the grace of God, the blood of the Prince Emmanuel's banner, we will stand wholly devoted to him. And so we all stand. Seal this moment. Keep our hearts happy. Keep a song in our souls. We have every reason to go home with a spring in our step. But tomorrow morning, Father, 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 tomorrow morning, please, this this daily prayer, this daily worship, we pick a gospel, but just one story a day of Jesus. We've got to have it. Tomorrow morning, Father, please, and one day, we'll all be together again. And we'll see, the, we'll see the Jesus. Strong eyes, gentle, compassionate, manly and godly. We'll see his eyes. And he'll say, well done. Hey, boy. Girl. Well done. I am so proud of you. Welcome home. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs>